Hello and welcome to the Rabbit Hole, the Definitive Developers Podcast in Fantabulous Chelsea, Manhattan. I'm your host, Michael Nunez, our co-host today, Dave Anderson. And today we'll be talking about continuous learning as a lead developer. Not to throw you off, but you know, 10 out of 10, perfect intro. <laughs> you haven't lost it. Oh man. Oh man. I, I really <laughs> tried it. This is a first take. Right off the jump. I felt good about that one, too. King of the North. <laughs> King of the North. Come on. Stop it. It's the Bronx. It's in the North. <laughs> that is the utmost North borough. The Bronx. Yes. And I live in the North part. The Northeast part. Yeah, I guess I have King of the North, I guess. Do they, do they have a, a motto? What? In the, in in the, the Bronx? Bronx? Yeah. You know, like winter's coming. Forget about it. I don't oh, know. Okay. <laughs> it's probably my area. It's probably that forget about it. Forget about it's coming. Forget about it. Yeah, it's okay. coming. <laughs> uh, today, today we'll be talking about continuous learning as a lead developer. Recently, there was an NYC tech debate featuring David Black and Sandy Metz. Yeah, two big heroes of ours yeah. that we've definitely mentioned before in past episodes. Yeah, we got an opportunity to see the video over. I didn't get a chance to be a part of the experience in the room. I imagine it was electrifying and awesome. But uh, yeah. there's a there's a playback of the video and we got a chance to watch it. I was able to see it on the live stream. Shout out to those who are on the live stream. Yeah, Periscope coming through. Oh yeah. There's a new video. Well, the video is out now. Much better more closer you can see the heroes more up front up close and the audio is better and we got a chance to watch it and we're just gonna have a conversation about it yeah it was, it was pretty dope one of the things that first comes up is the idea of always putting yourself in the position to learn what's a way to do that is by being uncomfortable oh i love i love this yeah like this is a great a great like philosophy to live by in general i think like if you're in your comfort zone then you're just staying the same you're not you're not growing like if you're just getting the same thing for breakfast every day the same brown flakes every day for breakfast <laughs> the kashi the kashi brown, you just flakes. Get brown flakes every day for breakfast you're not growing as a person but if you're getting a beautiful <laughs> omelet every day with like different toppings then you're growing as a person <laughs> i get to you know you get to try out different ranges of flavors in an omelet the same way you tried different ranges of programming languages <laughs> <laughs> exactly yeah so it's yeah it's like you know if you've been a developer for a long time and You've, you've really developed some mastery in one thing. Like David A. Black had a great example about how he was really developing mastery in Ruby. And then he got out of his comfort zone and was working on Python for a while. And like that really helped him, you know, appreciate Ruby more and, you know, come back. And eventually he made his way back to Ruby and was very happy about it. But, you know, much better off for adventuring out of his comfort zone. Right. And I imagine that they're like, certain paradigms that exist in Python and there are reasons why they exist in Python and you have the structure of Ruby that allows you to do your Ruby paradigms and whatnot. Yeah, all those beautiful Ruby domain specific languages. Yeah. Sandy also Sandy Metz also mentioned in the same question like what are some things that one can do? And she had mentioned that she is just naturally easily bored at things. I super I super relate to that too. Like, oh yeah. Like I am always bored. 
<laughs> need to like, find some excitement through programming. Right. Like I, I just really like learning new things and learning more about them. So if, if I'm doing the same problem over and over again, then it's really not that exciting. It's, it's more fun to be able to like dig into something new and like, it doesn't have to be a new technology, but right. like a new feature, a new way of implementing something. Like there are a million ways that you can do something new in technology. Right. And I think that's something that we're, we're blessed with. Yeah. Programming allows you to do that. I don't know. I mean, I don't know if I put a lot of thought into it, but what are some things that allows you to do some, a new way of doing things is like, is there a way to perform, you know, brain surgery? I imagine the type that it is, or like <laughs> if you, if you, if for doctors who need to remove tonsils, for example, I don't know why this is coming up probably because I have kids and this is things that I've been thinking about, think about in the future. <laughs> Nightmares. Yeah. yeah. So if you have to remove tonsils, there's probably one way to do it. And that's the way everyone right. does it. And you that's really it. couldn't go off script. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Whoops. Accidentally cut something else off. No, it's right. just tonsils. And that's it. And I imagine like for surgery, there are ways that are just like a straight path forward. But programming allows you to do get many different ways of getting the very same thing. So you can remove tonsils millions oh. of different ways, <laughs> essentially, in programming. I mean, I guess you could remove tonsils in many different ways, but like the, there's consequences that are a little bit lower with most forms <laughs> of programming. Yeah, but you got ice cream at the end. That's what I heard okay. when you get your tonsils removed. I mean, so that's I got good. ice cream at the end when I program too. So <laughs> Don't tell them how to live your life, Dave. You do what you want. Yeah, one of the, one of the points that I really liked that like both David and Sandy made was was that like when you're being a developer or when you're growing as a developer like and you're you're getting more skills and you're becoming more established and you're becoming an expert lead developer, humility is a hard skill uh, to work at, but it's really important. It's like one of the most important things to to have as uh, a lead developer. Right, because you have all this experience that you've gained programming for X amount of time. And, you know, if you have peers who have less experience than you, then you kind of remember those times that you were once just a young a young boy or young girl learning <laughs> how to program and uh, can definitely guide people in the right way. And I think that it's very, very difficult if like to lead a team and not have that attribute i find i would think that there's a lot of clashing that may happen within the within mm. the team itself and it's not something that you learn through pro it's something you learn through programming but like it's not programming right like right. you're not going to learn that in a react course or by writing javascript tests you know so humility that way yeah yeah and you're really talking about like empathy for people in that in a position of learning right like who are like figuring things out for themselves I think it's also really valuable from the position of like learning for yourself, continuing to learn because like you mentioned, like you, you know, you, you've been a developer for a while. You learn through experience, like different ways to do a solution mm-hmm. and maybe like, you know, you've seen this problem before. And so you already have that solution in the back of your pocket. Like right. You're like, Oh, easy. I know that this is going to work for me. I don't need to look any further. Right. But then, you know, some new kid comes on the block and he's like, okay, what about like React hooks? Mm-hmm. And you're like, what? Get out of here, Get kid. Out. I got <laughs> class components. <laughs> Get out of here with your hooks and your new things. <laughs> yeah. I'm off with you. Dan, stop writing features. Yeah. <laughs> Blog posts. Oh, 
but then if you you know if you keep humble about it and you know open to new experiences you'd be like okay well maybe i don't know everything let me like look at this from an experience perspective and you know i can bring something different to the table right than this new person who's who's only knows this way i know the other older ways too and i can tell them what's the best of both or what have you yeah and i think the you definitely learn the humility aspect when you are out of your comfort zone just going back to like that first bullet that we mentioned earlier Mm -hmm. it's like you can be this react wizard or yeah and be amazing and react but then you go to i guess my situation you go to a java project and you're like boom you got to learn new things again. And this is how it works in Java. (laughs) Nothing like React, but you got to learn. And then you kind of remember like, oh, I was at some point in time, my React skills were were here too. Like there's this elementary like type knowledge. And sure, I can be a master at React. And then by learning, by going to something like Java, it's like, okay, I have to humble myself because I need to start from the beginning. I need to learn new patterns and Mm -hmm. and identify problems and then fix them in this new space that i'm in that is java even though you don't have the java experience and other people have more experience with than you in that it's not like you're not able to add something new to that conversation and right. like still give value feedback about just how to write a good program right because you i mean you learn things in in you know in, in one space and you can use that in other spaces and i think that's something that the power of a lead developer is that they may have been in many spaces that allows them to be more agile in the current space, even mm-hmm. if it's uncomfortable and they can still like come out on top. If that's the phrase to use here. I think one thing that was mentioned in the conversation as well, a lead developer can be many things and a lead developer's next step is not being a manager. Right, like just because you're a lead developer means that the next step in your life as a manager is not the correct move unless you want to be a manager. I mm-hmm. think that was kind of like emphasized in the conversation. We've had many discussions on and in, in the podcast where if you want to be a manager, that's the next step, then by all means, definitely go down that route. Yeah, episode sixty nine, cow rush. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. And then if you feel like if you feel like, hey, management is not for you and you want to be an individual contributor, you can always be a lead developer and you don't need to be forced to move into that direction. Right. But and even saying that, like when you when you are a manager or a lead developer, it's like kind of a continuum. Like there's not really like something saying that this is how you should spend all the time that you have. Like you really have to adapt to whatever the problem is that's at hand and, you know, make sure that you're doing right by the people that you're working with. Like that's becomes more of your priority. Right. As a lead developer, you have tons of opportunity to be a design architect and mentor individuals and allows you to keep things moving while still being a contributor to the code base. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, one thing I found interesting too that Sandy mentioned was the idea that like the idea where mentoring wasn't really mentioned mm. 10 years ago or, or didn't exist 15 years ago. And even when I was coming up as a young boy, 
learning <laughs> software engineering. I didn't have managers who really put that like in the forefront of things or any lead engineers that were doing that. And I think that there's more emphasis to be a mentor for someone else now more than ever, which I, I find really, really interesting. Mm, yeah, that's that's true. Like kind of common thread of like it becoming more democratic for people to become programmers. Like it's it's easier people to access like materials to teach themselves and go to boot camps and whatnot but it's it's more and more likely that you're going to be working with people who are coming from a completely different background who really don't have much context and will will need to be kind of pointed in the right direction right which it doesn't take that much energy like if because there's so many resources out there you just kind of have to like have someone you know your developer who's working on themselves and growing like they just need to want to grow and then you just need someone who wants to like point them in the right direction yeah and i think that it's it's so easy to point at things that leads to the right direction because there's so much resources as you mentioned as as a contrary point like i guess if you're just going at it by yourself like there's so many things out there yeah it's also hard to say (laughs) what the heck you should be looking at right and i think like that is a really good point that you mentioned dave the idea that Many different people are coming from different backgrounds leads to people wanting to help those individuals in the right direction. Mm-hmm. And I think that at some point in time, maybe 10 years ago, the path to being a lead engineer, lead software developer was you went to college, you got a, a CS degree, computer science degree, and you knew the same stuff that I did. So there's no reason for me to mentor you. We kind of know the same thing. I've just been programming long. If we were, if I had more right. years than you, we I just programmed longer. I've been in the workforce longer. But like now with like boot camps and things where you are allowed to gain a skill in three to four months, it allows individuals who may have been there longer to say, hey, I know you know this skill and I'll be more than happy to help if needed because I've been in the workforce longer kind of thing. I'm not 100% sure. Right. Uh, but it feels like there's just opportunity for mentorship because of like the boot camps and the self-resources that now exist rather than the college route where you got a diploma and we all learn a baseline of the very same thing. Right. More more homogenous. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think that's, that's just better for the industry in, in general, like for having more diverse perspectives when you're building a product yeah yeah and i think mentorship really kind of ties into this this idea that sandy and david kind of dug into which is an adage that you know i think we we mentioned previously on the show that tech is easy but people are hard yes because you can go and learn the tech necessary to get the job done but humans are something else <laughs> right like there, we have like all these different needs and emotions and feelings and like beliefs that may not be correct like right. you, you can all be super technically competent and write a bunch of code but then if you didn't build the right thing then it just doesn't matter or right. like if you were like fighting all, the whole time and like hate your lives together then (laughs) maybe it doesn't really matter yeah they sandy brought up the idea of psychological safety i heard that word it was like yes we have an episode on that too oh my god but the idea that like the right people for the team 
Oh, yeah. That's episode 31. There you go. On the tattoos. On the ta- oh, <laughs> Dave is reading them. He's, he has a mirror, and he just looks at his back whenever necessary. Yeah, it's, um, it's on the lower back, that one. <laughs> so, like, the idea that um, the fact that people feel safe around one another to, to handle a task at hand is really, really important. And everyone can learn the skill, you know, everyone can at some point learn react if they really really needed to but people need to feel safe within the team that allows them to be better right like yeah to give them the ability to like feel like they can stretch and try something out that might fail or they they might not be so good at like where they need to stay in their corner where they're know they're going to be successful where it's like low risk where they can be like oh like i don't feel safe to like say that we're building the wrong thing or we're going to not reach our deadline. Yeah. I think, yeah, that's the, it's really important for a team to have that. There was a, something that was brought up and Sandy had the question and she asked the crowd and she asked, everyone remembers their first piece of program, right? So Dave, I'll ask you, do you remember your first piece of program? Oh man. Yeah. This this is the origin story, right? <laughs> the origin story of Dave Anderson. <laughs> yeah, I remember there was like some dorky like computer club in middle school, and we like made web pages oh, using yeah? using front page. Oh, I don't, that that sounds old. Front page, front the- page. Yeah, it was like what you see is what you get, editor. Man, the HTML that thing made was just trash. <laughs> oh, it was so gross. Oh, man. But, you know, that was the first thing I had experience with. And then, like, I messed around with Visual Basic and, mm-hmm. you know, building forms and trying to make games out of things that didn't want to be games. It was, like, <laughs> enterprise software. But you making games out of them. Yeah, making games out of my, like, animated buttons. and <laughs> like, <laughs> Nice. So I have like two. I don't know if people people may not think HTML is a language, although the word language is in HTML. So I'm gonna <laughs> I'm gonna take that. I'm gonna take it as you want. But I was really big on making websites as well. Did you do it from hand? Well, yeah, it was just like on Notepad. Even before I found out what Notepad plus plus was, but it was just like oh, oh, I'm gonna make HTML and I'm gonna set up my MySpace page to look. A certain way and had to learn that that's that's part of the reason why i became a developer in general because then i was that person who knew how to hook up a myspace page and uh it was like oh yeah mike knows how to do it tell him <laughs> to do it for you and and then like the greatest thing that ever happened was like dynamic html which was like some javascript like thing oh and like your mouse moves and then like there's a shadow on the page and all sorts of cool stuff yeah it was like the pretty amazing blink tags yeah the blink tags (laughs) yeah if you go to yobobby.com that that was pretty much what my my space pace used to look like it's just like marquee really big tags i have no idea what i'm doing but marquees are great my first oop though i actually did a in college i did like a banking app where it's like you create an account. Like you're laughing over Yo Bobby, aren't you? <laughs> I, I open Yo Bobby right now, and it just says hello, hello. <laughs> that's pretty I'm... much. That's my professional website, guys. For yeah. Real. Are you? Do you have the email address, Bobby at YoBobby dot com? Do I? No, I don't think I have the the. E- I never set up the email. Oh no. <laughs> okay. Well, we're gonna do that after the podcast. 
me at yo bobby.com <laughs> right. i think uh op wise i created uh for a class project what was it it was a it allowed you to open up a bank account and like a text not a text it was like command line like one two three four create a checking account <laughs> create a savings account True look adventure. up look yeah. up your look up your say checking account look up your saving account or exit and they're like kind of doing that oh cool it was like oh and that that when i built that i realized this is one what i want to be when i grow up like i knew from then that's what i wanted to do that's awesome yeah i mean hey if you find something you enjoy doing and you found different ways of of doing it is the the beginning of the path to being a lead <laughs> developer right and I, I think that ties it back together what we were talking about before about like humility and whatever like that that one question like just resonated so deeply with me and i forgot that this was the beginning of this really long path to right. becoming a developer right like the curiosity of then using front page for you for example led you down the road that of where you are now which yeah. is like really cool and like <laughs> me open opening up uh html and notepad or building an oop software for college as a final like yeah. that, those things just, were the starting building led block. you to this point where now you have yo bobby.com yes yes <laughs> pinnacle yeah <laughs> the pinnacle of my software engineering skills <laughs> but yeah i think uh the path to being a lead developer never ends always be curious get easily bored get out of your comfort zone that way you can continue to learn grow and become awesome follow us now on twitter at radio free rabbit so we can keep the conversation going like what you hear give us a five-star review and help developers just like you find their way into the rabbit hole and never miss an episode subscribe now however you listen to your favorite podcast on behalf of our producer extraordinaire, William Jeffries, and my amazing co-host, Dave Anderson, and me, your host, Michael Nunez, thanks for listening to The Rabbit Hole.